Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number 4, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balserac with A4 Wealth Advisors. And my amazing co-host, the one and only Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? I am great, John. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And just crazy busy, uh, loving this time of year, but so busy with family and work. How about you? I know you keep busy. We've been the same. Yeah, kids are out of school. Summertime is here. And, you know, of course, business has been, uh, business has not slowed down, so so it's 100%, 100 miles an hour here as well, but that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> yep. You don't want to be not busy. No. Um, today, we are actually have an interesting topic for our listenership out there. We're going to talk about feelings and finances. Oh. Um, this is kind of a different topic, but we feel like it's uh, a lot of people out there will benefit from it. Um, and also, for anybody listening out there, they can catch our show, if they can catch it live, they can go to iTunes, they can go to Google Play, or they can go to Spotify, uh, or they can go to a4wealth.com, our website, and we have a lot of our past shows on there for anybody that wants to listen. So we're going to talk about feelings and finances today, Tony. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm wide awake and ready to go, and I feel great about today's show, pun intended. Uh, but you know, when you say we're talking about feelings, you know I want to s- sing the song "Feelings." Oh God! <laughs> Should I sing for us, or I don't know. People <laughs> might tune out. <laughs> yeah, we probably lost a couple right there. Yeah, we probably did. But no, stay tuned. John has some great info for us. So, uh, what's going on with this topic? I mean, uh, what are we talking about here? So, you know, when it comes to you and your money, um, a lot of the topics we cover are fact-driven. Uh, which is important, you know. Facts matter. Yeah. Uh, we know we discuss retirement vehicles. Um, we discuss market performance. We talk about safe money versus at-risk money. Um, you know, just to name a th- few things: social security maximization. I mean, on and on and on. But for this segment, uh, we're going to talk. We're going to change things up a little bit and discuss feelings about finances. Okay. And we'll tackle this by talking about financial well-being and ways to help achieve it, which we think obviously is important. So I get it now, but what do you mean when you say financial well-being? Is that just having a lot of money? Um, You know, oftentimes I think people can confuse having wealth uh, and having financial security. So let me explain how they're different. Um, You know, you can measure the wealth of your coworkers, friends, and family, um, you know, reviewing the accumulation of money or positions that they have, and comparing it with your own, okay? But financial well-being is different, okay? Being financially secure is being confident that you're going to have enough resources to cover your financial needs, and it's going to be unique to everybody out there listening, okay? Everybody has different income needs, um, 
So one person may feel, you know, that they are set while others may not based on, you know, based on everybody's individual needs. So let's take a moment to break that down a bit further and we can examine, Tony, um, you know, characteristics of someone who is financially stable. Um, For one, uh, they have control over their daily, monthly, and even annual expenses. Uh, They typically have a budget that they refer to frequently, and a lot of their financial life is planned out and allocated to different expenses, even before the expenses arise, okay? Uh, They are also able to meet and overcome a financial shock uh, that may land in their lap, right? I mean, we always have unexpected emergencies come Oh, it happened yeah. to all of us, you know? Yeah, And, sure. you know, these people are prepared for that. You know, they have an emergency fund. Yeah. And you mentioned budget there as well. And having a plan and a, and a spending plan in place. I know budget is a dirty word for some people. It makes people cringe. They'd rather do anything but work on a budget. But it's once you get it done, it's not that hard. It, you have that peace of mind. But you said financial shock. What would an example of a financial shock be, John? There are several. A financial shock could be a drop in the market or an unforeseen medical emergency. Um, you know, people who are secure in their financial well-being don't let unexpected situations throw their finances completely off track. Uh, another characteristic is that they're typically on track to meet their financial goals. And, you know, maybe they are saving for a down payment on the house or there's, you know, simply, you know, squirreling away money for retirement. But they've planned, and they're working their plan, and they're always going back to it, you know? So, you know, for listeners out there, some people don't have the ability to do this maybe on their own. They need a financial coach, and that's why we're here. But, um, again, we're just talking about how people handle uh, their finances and their feelings. And then, you know, finally, Tony, those with financial well-being, you know, often possess a certain amount of financial freedom that allows them uh, to make decisions to help them enjoy their desired, you know, quality of life or lifestyle. So, you know, whether that is taking a family vacation, uh, splurging on a new boat, uh, you know, people with financial well-being have control, you know. They're not winging it, you know. They set budgets. They they know when they can spend or when they can't spend. They're prudent when they should be. But they also can spend if they feel like they have enough. Um, so, you know, this gives these people choices. Uh, to spend money how they want um, and not always how they have to. So hopefully that makes, you know, some sense to a lot of people out there. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it does. I think that's really helpful to understand that. And obviously making choices because you want something is always going to be better than because you have to uh, do something. Is there a trick to getting to that level of financial well-being, though? You know, even though there are some common characteristics, you know, at A4 Wealth, you know, we talk about, you know, this isn't a one-size-fits-all model. You know, everybody out there is different. Uh, But in order to get a place or in a place of financial well-being, you're going to have to think about, you know, what you envision for your life and, you know, how you want to live your life and the choices you're going to need now in order to, you know, to go where you want to go in the future. You know, so many people out there, Tony, don't even write down or set financial goals at all. And, you know, a lot of people when they come in for the first time, if they've never had an advisor, 
you know, we have to help them shape their goals or, you know, give them some things to set. Maybe it's retirement income planning at 65 or whatever it is. Um, because if you don't define anything and you're not shooting for something, you're kind of going to meander. Um, so for a lot of people, it's natural to measure their financial well-being. But if you don't fall into that category, it might be useful to get in the habit of what we call taking your financial emotional temperature. And, uh, you know, when you do this, you're going to discover a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important to understand. Obviously, uh, it's important to take that financial emotional temperature. But when is a good time to take our uh, financial temperature, as you mentioned? You know, I think, you know, you should do that annually um, each and every year. Um, you know, if you don't have a good financial advisor, we recommend that you get one. You know, Feynman has a fiduciary responsibility who's been in the business for quite a long time, who's seasoned, um, who acts as a fiduciary. Um, that can help you set some goals because so many people don't even have a plan. You know, we talk about more people out there will spend more time planning their family summer vacations than they will their financial future, which sounds crazy, um, but it's true. Um, so, you know, I think every year you need to revisit uh, your advisor and look at um, all your accounts and find a way to stop by and reflect and analyze how you actually feel about your financial situation. Uh, do you feel good about it? Do you not feel good about it? Do you feel like you're on track, not on track? Um, and if you need help starting this exercise, ask yourself you know, questions like, over the last few months, how often did I feel joy? Did I feel at peace, uh, satisfaction, or pride as it relates to my financial situation? And how many times in the last few months have I felt negative emotions? Like, am I stressed out? Am I angry? Uh, do I feel helpless or hopeless in regards to your finances? You know, so it's a whole different view. And, you know, when you have a cogent plan and you're working your plan and you're doing things to go after it, you start to see results. It's kind of like if you go to the gym and you get serious about diet and exercise, hopefully you should see results. And if you see results, you get motivated, you feel better about it, right? So the same thing can happen with your finances, but if you're, if you're overspending or you're not budgeting and you're, um, you know, you're spendthrift money that you really shouldn't be spending, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring on more stress and anxiety and it's, you're not going to feel like you're advancing. So, so those feelings are important because it's kind of like a guidepost of maybe that maybe it's time to make take some action and make some changes. I, I think that's really important. Now our time is just about up for this first segment. John, is there anything else you want to share with us before we go on a quick break? Yeah, just for listeners out there, if you feel kind of lost or maybe you feel like you're not progressing or you're having more negative versus positive feelings about your finances, uh, I would say that that's normal for a lot of people. Um, so don't feel alienated. But I would say pick up the phone and give us a call to see if we can help get you on track. Our toll-free number is 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. We would love to help you put together a plan and remove that anxiety. All right, thanks. And listeners, stay tuned to listen and learn more about feelings and finance with our host, John Balserac, here on Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. Hi, my name is John Balzerak, author of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies, a roadmap for financial independence. If you're like most of my clients, having access to a retirement roadmap 
that help ease financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. Creating lifestyles, building legacies will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 888-949-7475 or visit us at www.a4wealth.com to receive a complimentary copy today. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I am your co-host, Tony Shore, but the man with the plan is John Balserac. And, you know, if you want more information, you can give John a call or visit that website. It's a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. John, today you've been talking about the connection between feelings and finance and how we can pursue that sense of financial well-being. I've enjoyed the discussion so far, but there's a lot here to absorb. And uh, I think this is really important. Now, where do you think uh, the negative feelings about finances come from for most people? You know, um, I think that at the core of a lot of people's unhappiness when it comes to their finances is issues with keeping up with the Joneses. Um, You know, people go on Facebook and, you know, maybe their neighbors are going all over the world or they, they just bought this beautiful new boat or this you know, brand new Mercedes or they got a new diamond for their anniversary. I mean, you know, it's, you know, people look at that and they say, well, you know, well, why, why aren't we doing that? And consider how often, you know, these people are comparing themselves to other people. And then, you know, think about who you're comparing yourself to. And I think that a lot of people do it. Maybe a lot of people even do it subconsciously. Tony, um, it could be friends, it could be family, it could be neighbors, it could be coworkers. And, you know, obviously, if they feel like they're not doing as well or better, then that maybe gives them a negative feeling. Um, And it's commonly said that comparison is a thief of joy. And I think that applies to our finances as well. You know, I would tell people, you know, be happy for other people and, you know, just focus on your own goals. And over time, you know, you're going to get there just like everybody else, you know, stay focused on yourself uh, and your family. And if you meet and have a good advisor, you know, what that advisor is advising you to do, implement that, keep your head down and don't get caught up in all the other material stuff. You know, I, I see so many people that make really bad financial decisions. You know, they buy luxuries before they buy assets and, you know, wealthy people, buy their luxuries last. They buy assets first. And that's what finances their luxuries later on in life. So um, that's some really good advice for a lot of people out there. And again, just focus on yourself, be happy for other people. But, you know, you really don't know what's really going on. You know, you, you they may be all show and no dough. Yeah, that's true. You know true. what I mean, Tony? I mean, you just go out to Los Angeles. You know, people have a Ferrari, but they can't afford to put gas in it. Um you know, where they have a big house, but there's no furniture inside of it. They can barely make the payments. So you don't want to get caught up in that. I mean, that to me, it would be way worse because from the outside, you're, you looked apart, but really you're struggling. And a lot of people do that, you know, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they say comparison is a thief of joy. And like you say, that, that really makes sense. And it applies to finances. And I, for one, John, don't want anyone stealing my joy. Well, that's good, Tony. <laughs> I think that uh, you're a smart person for, for feeling that way, you know? And another point, you know, to consider um, is who you look up to regarding your finances. 
You know, is there someone that you admire for how often they balance their work and life? You know, we call that work-life balance, you know, um, or how well they manage their stress. You know, something that you may want to consider when it comes to achieving financial well-being is, you know, choose a role model. And that may be a person that, hey, they have a great family, they've got a great marriage, um, you know, they serve in their church, they have balance, they, they don't spend too much time on work because they realize how important family is. Um, so, you know, people that have all that balance, you know, family, faith, kids, fam- you know, we're all that together, that to me that would be a much better model to follow. That's having success. Um, because so many people may be really successful at work and then they're on their fourth marriage, you know, um, or their kids have issues because they never spend any time with their kids. I mean, so really look for someone who's got a well-balanced life, you know, in all these different areas. And I think that finding a role model in that area uh, is way more positive, not just someone who has a lot of money. You know, we've worked with a lot of people over the years, Tony, that had a lot of money, but they were empty empty and yeah. uh, unhappy yeah. and suicidal sometimes. I'm talking, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollars, but you know, there's completely soulless, you know, no faith, not happy. Um, so having a lot of money is not just the answer either. You know, that's why finding a well-balanced role model, I think would help listeners out there. Maybe you know someone at the church or a friend of a family is like, that person's really got it together. Um, and find out how they how they you know manage their time and how they balance their time and where they put their money. You know, you'd be surprised that a lot of times people that are that have it all together they give a lot of money away. They don't keep it all. Yeah. And that and that actually brings them more joy. Yeah. Um, so I think that these are all great topics to discuss on today's show. Right. And what else does someone like yourself, a trusted financial uh, professional provider, consider when you look at financial well being? So, you know, when it comes to having financial well-being, you know, we also want to spend some time talking about why it is important. Um, as far as life stresses go, okay, finances are very often the top of the list. I think for divorce, financial stress is number one. Um, and you know how many of those happen, almost 50% divorce rate today, which is sad. And, you know, while stress can be a normal part of life, um, and it's not completely avoidable. Look, I mean, I know there's sometimes I get stressed out. I try not to, but I'm not perfect. Um, you know, it can have ramifications if you're overly stressed. You know, um, it can lead to a lot of health issues. And, um, you know, I've seen this being an advisor now for 23 years, Tony. People in super high stress situations over a long period of time, I mean, they're, they're, they're prone to heart attacks, they're prone to strokes. Um, their, their hormones are out of balance. They gain a lot of weight. Um, there's just a lot of different things. So it's like a domino effect. Um, and earlier in the episode, we mentioned that financial well-being was the ability to make decisions that allow you to enjoy life more. So of course it makes, you know, sense that being secure in your finances contribute to your overall emotional well-being, being healthy, being happy, um, and having a plan that you know, hey, I have retirement funded or you know, I've got college education funded. It's gonna just make you sleep better. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna bring you more joy, more health, more peace. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's uh, very, very important. And you know, feeling insecure with our finances 
uh, can have the opposite effect, can it? Absolutely. Uh, on the flip side, we probably all have real-life examples of times when our finances were not on the right track, and it impacted our overall sense of well-being. You know, when we don't have the sense of overall emotional well-being, sometimes we can make choices that are derived from fear or anxiety, uh, and that, of course, it's going to be negative, right? You know, for example, if you don't have a plan at all, Tony, it's scary, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that they've, hey, they, they've waited too long. I should have started 20 years ago. Well, that might be true, but you can't go back and change the past. Let's start right now today. Yeah. And, you know, another consideration is our relationship with family and friends. Uh, many people would probably agree that these relationships are more important than their finances. Um, but I think at one point or another, we have all that our finances affect our closest relationships, um, which we don't want to do, you know. But, you know, you know, people ask me, well, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? And a lot of times it's not going to make you happier. Um, you know, maybe having a better relationship with your faith or with your friends um, and having peace of mind that you have money in your bank account will go a lot longer. And, you know, that's why we want to talk about feelings today because a lot of people don't have the right balance. Um, they're overweighted in one area, and that really affects the other area. Yeah. Neg negatively. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, I'm sure that's true for most of us. Uh, you know what? Finances can cause divisions in relationships. I mean, it's, it's tough even trying to pick up the check uh, when you're out to dinner with a bunch of friends. That can get contentious. <laughs> Yeah, I think it absolutely can. You know, for individuals with strong sense of financial well-being, it might be easier to feel at peace and fully appreciate the relationships in life that you have. Uh, when you feel secure and stable emotionally, we generally make wiser, more calculated financial decisions. Um, you know, emotional distress causes a lot of poor financial decisions. This is often why we joke about people buying fancy sports cars during a midlife crisis. Uh, when their emotions are not in check, you know, people are susceptible to making reckless or impulsive buying decisions, bad money decisions. Um, and these may negatively affect their financial future. You know, I know that, you know, Susie Orman on her show, the people call in and She'll do like a quick balance sheet and, and statement of cash flows, and they'll say, well, can I buy this car? Can I buy this boat? And she either gives them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if their financial well-being is not in the right area, there's no reason to put yourself in further stress or, you know, put yourself in further debt. And we see people do that all the time. You know, they buy things they can't afford. They put them on credit because it's easy. And then they get themselves in a really bad position for a very long period of time. You know, credit card companies, you know, can charge up to, I think, 32% in North Carolina, which seems like um, loan sharking almost. Um, but if you're on this other side of that debt and you're paying the minimum payment, I mean, and you can't, you cannot service debt like that, Tony, and also build wealth. Right. So, you know, but, you know, this all happens from, you know, making bad money decisions. And, you know, if listeners out there have young kids or kids in high school, I think once you're 18, they start soliciting you for credit cards and having, you know, a sit down with your kids about being fiscally responsible with credit. You know, I think it's good to get a credit card and show them how to use it and pay it off immediately in the same month yeah. so that they, so they establish a credit history. Yeah. That's but huge. not, 
you know, I mean, so, so having a credit card at 18, fantastic, you know, go out, maybe put a hundred bucks on it, get a job and pay it off at the end of the month. Gets, you know, get points and, you know, maybe get free airline tickets, but don't do not carry revolving high interest no. rate debt. Okay. And, and th- now see, this is, this is a way where we start building positive emotional markers. You know, when your kids are 18, show them how to use credit responsibly and not get in debt. Then they start getting empowered and they, you know, that becomes a decision. Hey, I'm never going to get in debt. Now they may buy a house and you know, that's good debt. That's interest tax deductible, et cetera. But stay away from, you know, impulsive buying or high interest rate revolving debt. You know, that's just one example. Now, I know you had said earlier you had another uh, article. You told me uh, off air during our last break that you had an article from thebalance.com. And I've got it here in front of me, how to avoid making emotional investments. Uh, What are some of the things that you liked about that article that they recommend? Yeah, the article is great, Tony, and there are four things that it mentions that we'll discuss. The first one that caught my attention was put your investment plan in writing. Having a plan written ahead of time can give you a touchstone to calm your emotions during a downturn in the market or when the market is exceedingly volatile, like we've seen you know, this year. May was a huge sell-off month. So was Q4 of uh, 2018. The plan should also include what you should do and what you shouldn't do while the markets are impacting your emotions. So I think that's so, so powerful that people need to understand and hear this. Yeah. So the written plan then is kind of like having a fire drill or a tornado drill. Uh, If something major occurs, you've already planned on what to do. Yeah. And that plan or strategy will likely be impacted by the next suggestion from the article which is know some market history. You know, it can be useful to know that markets often cycle between bear and bull markets. So when you're experiencing any given moment, just, you know, one measure and a long score of music, you know, keep in mind that this is just part of the system. You know, markets go up, markets go down. But if you look at a, an Andex Morningstar chart over the last hundred years, the markets are going up. Yeah, there's, there's some sideways. Yeah, there's, some, there's a few blips where it goes down. But over the long haul, the market is going up. So, you know, you need to stay invested for the long term. If you need money for emergency, you need to have a separate bucket. You know, don't, don't confuse your retirement money with your emergency fund money and understand how long-term markets work. Uh, talk to us about some attitudes and biases uh, that come into play. So, as we mentioned, there is a tendency of investors to react much more strongly to negative news than to positive news. Um, in the same sense, we also tend to put too much focus on what is happening by way of current events and news instead of looking at everything from a larger big picture, you know, long-term scale. You know, regardless of the state of the economy, it might be smart to think long-term and how this current period of time, you know, fits in your overall plan. Um, like I said, markets over time will do well. It's time in the market, not timing the market. And if you see too much negative news, you may, may you may you may personally try to time the market. And in my opinion, over 23 years, that's a losing person's game. Most people get back in too late. Uh, it's just too hard to pick the perfect time to get in and get out. But if you stay in for the long term, you're going to benefit. Now you may average down when the markets fall. You may put more money in if markets are on sale. You know, I look at bear markets as buying opportunities. And so should most people out there that have time. So all very, very important. But if you don't have an advisor, 
These are the things that we help people navigate that don't do it every day. We do it every day. I've been doing it for 23 years. I love to help you. Um, if you think you want to get a second opinion or put a plan together, give us a call toll free. Our number is 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. All right. Well, we're out of time for today's episode. It just flew by. But listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our host, John Balserat. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 